It takes more than making only minimum payments on your tech debt to be a great software engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 264. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers about the non-technical side of software development, like paying down your tech debt with minimum payments to stretch it out. I'm sure that somebody's tortured this metaphor into having like a tech debt credit score. I bet you could pay some consultant to analyze your tech debt and give you a credit score. Oh, yeah. If not, one clickbaity blog post coming up. Oh, no, it's been beaten. Uh, Take a test. Test your tech debt credit score. Does it use the same scale as the FICO score? Because that would be hilarious. I'll tell you after I take it okay. and then get signed up for some newsletter marketing stuff from this company. We need multiple credit bureaus to keep track of everybody's tech debt. <laughs> and then I will hack them and yes. steal everyone's tech social security number. <laughs> right, because we are going to have to issue those. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll become used as identification in places where they shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Circle of life. Then question mark, question mark, question mark, step four, profit. Somebody profits. Mm-hmm. Okay, should I thank our patrons? Do it. Thank you to these folks who support the podcast at the level where we shout them out every single week. Thank you to Chitalian, patron.com.au. We're hiring. Ira Chan, monkey face emoji. Jonathan King, testingisdocumenting.org. Adrian Bordink, Roman Denisov, Fizzbuzz influencer. Oladapo Fadier, Karen Svainson, Will Angel, Ragnar Horson. Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Dennis Bogdanov, Braden Keynes, John Grant, Taras Haruk, Chris Hogan, Nick Cantar, Philip John Basile, bitesofwisdom.com with a Y. Thank you. And thank you to our, our alumni donors and our future donors that we're recruiting now heavily. Yeah, yes. Like the college sports coach recruiting metaphor comes in here. We have like our booster organization. They target specific people to try to get them to join the patreon mm-hmm. uh what's our scandal gonna be though is there like kickbacks <laughs> or something yeah. definitely kickbacks we pay per github star <laughs> yeah we don't know where the corruption is yet but for sure it's there yeah. <laughs> you can count on that an essential feature feature of college sports <laughs> if you would like to join this crew you can go to softskills.audio and click support us on patreon and any dollar amount will get you added to our slack team which is wise and smart and all their dreams come true. That's, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and you help keep the show going. So thank you very much. Yes, thank you. All right. We got some feedback from a listener who took our advice. Would you like me to share it? Please. I just want, I would love for people to just predict in their mind, is this going to be a tragedy, a comedy, or what's the, what's the third option where something good happens? Happy ending. Is drama a tragedy? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's sci-fi. It's going to be sci-fi. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this comes from a listener named Frank, who says, My wife and I recently went on a 2,400-mile road trip. Oh, and for those of you that don't use Imperial units, that's about 4,500,000 smoots. Did you say 200,000? No, <laughs> I said 2,400. Oh, okay. Miles. Okay. Yeah, that'd be way more smoots. It's a lot of smoots. Uh, yeah. Road trip and spent much of the ride listening to your podcast. When I got to episode 257, side note, bless your soul, that's a lot of episodes to listen to. <laughs> oh, man. My wife would be like, can we please turn this off? 
<laughs> anyway, when I got to episode 257, you'd mentioned something about just asking for a raise when you know you're worth more on the market. I figured, why not? I'll ask. And now, thanks to you, I'm 23 and making six figures in a low cost of living area, and I'm eligible for another raise at the end of this year. Couldn't thank you enough for what you do. Well, thanks, Frank. I'm going to assume that the part we did was not the raise. We turned Frank 23. Frank <laughs> was in his 40s, and actually, it, he time-traveled. We have talked about time-travel quite a bit. Yeah, and that's another way to make your money seem like it goes further, too. Is you to have deflation? To it as you go older. But yeah, if, you just, <laughs> if you're just 20 years younger and you make the same amount of money, that seems like a lot more money. Well, what if you could literally go back to when a quarter was worth you know you could go to the movies for a quarter but you have all your money from you know 2021 yeah then you probably have like polio too there's some downsides (laughs) there are (laughs) trade-offs the world is less egalitarian but but i guess you're rich so who cares cares? yeah you're on the egalitarian for you (laughs) yeah (laughs) boy it feels great to punch down yeah Congratulations, Frank. I'm glad that worked out for you. Yeah, congrats, Frank. And I, I, I don't know if we, if you signed the the agreement when you started listening to the podcast and said any raise that you get that can be indirectly or directly traced back to us, we get fifty percent of the marginal increase. So just keep that in mind. We'll expect that Patreon subscription next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that worked out for you. I should read the first question. Go for it. And so I will. This is from an anonymous listener who says. Hi, Mr. Smith and Mr. Dance. I take you more seriously now because you called me Mr. Dance. Whatever I'm about to read, I'll take it more seriously. I'm a software engineer at a big software company. I recently learned to self-evaluate and found that I'm really bad at being finger-pointed. I am normally an easygoing team player with an open mind. I accept that I can be flawed sometimes and I would never blame anyone. But whenever someone points their finger at me and says this bug is caused by you... Or more commonly, this bug is caused by your systems, sometimes with facepalm emojis or this emoji. Is that the arms crossed emoji? I think it's the uh, hands up in the air uh, shrug emoji. Oh, it's the shrug one. Yeah, okay. The shrug emoji. I suddenly become super defensive and frantically try to find counter evidence to prove that it is indeed their system that is at fault, or at least some other system that is at fault but definitely not mine. Yeah. <laughs> After I cool down for a few days, I regain my composure and realize that I what I have done was wrong and not useful to the discussion. This is specifically in the context of informal issue debugging between teams, not strictly a blameless post-mortem meeting. I think blaming others is not a good behavior and makes the workplace toxic and unproductive. I would like to improve myself and others. Any suggestions and recommendations? I love this question because... We've probably gotten a hundred versions of this question where it's always someone else who's got this yeah. problem. Never, it's me. That's really cool. Yeah. You're pretty good at introspection. Yeah. Even if you're bad at being finger pointed. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they balance each other out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's funny that you mentioned blameless postmortems because I was going to say you could, you, could, you could attack the idea of causes, causality, right? It's kind of in vogue to tear down the idea of root causes for incidents and incident analysis right now and talk about like how systems interact and how it's complex and we're we're like calcifying one view of reality when we say this thing caused that other thing what um that's, so maybe it needs to become in vogue right now yeah the, it, this could be me like totally misinterpreting the literature okay. as well um <laughs> and being wrong a lot but 
yeah, if you if you dig into like reliability and resilience engineering stuff, there's a lot of pushback against this idea of root causes because it can be too simple and leads you to miss systemic issues. Mm. But if there literally is like a bug, I mean that can be hard to say like but but like the compiler didn't wasn't engineered to anticipate this bug case. So can you really say it was me that did it? Like <laughs> didn't the compiler engineers contribute to this as well by making null pointer exceptions not magically point to the specific thing they should point to? Right. <laughs> that was a systematic we're problem. We're thinking too small here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's take a step back. What was the mindset of the compiler authors when they created this language that allows null pointer dereferencing? Let's talk about capitalism and how it pushes us <laughs> to do deadline-driven work and how sometimes that pushes us to move faster than we can verify. Yeah. And really, we need to have a revolution. And then this bug would not have existed. Yeah, and after we're done with that, let's talk about why we came down from the trees in the first place. Let's talk about universal basic income. <laughs> I shouldn't have to have this job to exist, you know? And so if we get income to just survive, right, then I won't need to work making this like ad tracking software that steals everyone's data that accidentally has this bug and then... Problem solved. I just want to know, I, I saw you trying to find the word subsist, and I was impressed with your pivot to the word survive. Yeah, I was like, subsist? That's not a word. <laughs> Stupid, Jameson. There's no way that's a word. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was a sweet pivot, so. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So I think what you're saying is it's become popular to deflect blame, except now you're backed by academic literature. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um i'll try this next time someone reviews my code and points out a, like an issue in it that would destroy everything It'd be like well our systems just aren't robust enough to handle me writing this code that deletes all the data if someone passes in the wrong input mm -hmm. whose yeah. fault is that <laughs> certainly yeah. not my fault for oh, yeah. writing the code that deletes all the data for sure so dave my impression is that you are the opposite of this is that right like if someone finds a thing and you're sort of at fault, you kind of like jump at the chance to fix your stuff and uncover it. Is that right? I, yes, so much so. In fact, not only do I jump at the chance to fix it, but I jump at the chance to advertise to the world all the things I did wrong to lead to this problem. Yeah. Why am I like Why this? Do you think <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. What happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first time I wrote a bug... And last time, <laughs> I got hit over the head really hard. Things just went opposite. No, I don't know. I I think there was a time in my career early on when I was more interested in in pointing out, you know, th like all the other things that other people did to contribute. But I real I think I got some good feedback early on when I started showing my stuff being wrong. And I and I think what I'm about to say is true, Jameson. You why don't you just put on your fact checker hat and your critical thinking cap for just a minute, but I think one people... is a backwards hat and the other one is a forwards hat. So I can wear them both at once. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> kind of in the sideways orientation in this moment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. They're not even straight ahead and back. They're pointing out to either side. Okay, good. My ears <laughs> are right. in the shade all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that when people are really clear and transparent about the mistakes that they made and what led to those mistakes and then what they've done to fix them and prevent them from happening in the future. I think people love that. And I think it engenders trust. 
I agree with you. I think it does too, because sometimes part of me thinks like now they know I'm not perfect. Right, because we all thought that until this moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they, they didn't think that, right? There's bugs everywhere. There's broken stuff hidden in everything that's built already. And if you can quickly fix it, then that's that's a pretty good state to be in. I wonder, this feels like it's kind of defensive and maybe it's motivated oh, yeah. by some fear or, or concern that you might be punished or seen as like you you might get blamed. You might be seen as, as like a poor engineer or... or a For nuisance sure. or the cause of all these woes in the company. And it sounds like, Dave, what you're saying is you flip that around and say, like, what if I get really good at at rooting out the issues in my own stuff? Won't yeah. that help the company? It will. In fact, I love this so much that even when there are other teams that are at fault and I discover it and share it, I will still try to find something that my stuff could have done better and add that to the list. Because I just I just think it's so important that Everyone is really transparent about mistakes that have been made, and it, it creates an environment where other people can be free to also acknowledge their mistakes. Instead, I mean, oh, have you ever been in a room where it's like everybody's playing defense, playing defense yeah. on, uh, you know, like let's just pass this buck. I don't want to be the last yeah, it's one. It's the worst. Oh, it's like nothing gets it's every. The worst. It's totally counterproductive. So, anyway, I I don't know. Yeah, I that's just, sort of the opposite of what I was talking about before. Of like, there's well, it can't be my fault because nothing is anyone's fault. It's like. There's always something I could have done. Even if there was this bug in some underlying system, maybe I should have had a circuit breaker. So when that yeah. system went down, that my thing didn't fall over. Exactly, exactly. And I think people love that. Like when you when you find a system wide problem, and it you know it's it's never simple. It's never like well, I'm just dumb. Like it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everyone knows that these things are complicated. And so when you go, all right, well that per that team system broke in these three ways, and my system failed to stave off the the thundering horde of of cash busted <laughs> cash invalidated requests yeah it turns out i couldn't handle eight million requests a second right <laughs> when, yeah but when we're all going to go back to, to origin yeah. <laughs> 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 but when you point that out i just think it, it makes i think it create oh man i don't know i i guess it really just comes down to trust when People, I don't know. I'm trying to find a counterexample, but when you do that, people trust you. Now, I'm trying to think: is there a situation or a context wherein someone could actually be harmed by this? For example, if you work in a toxic work environment where you do this and you really put yourself out there and say, "Look at all these mistakes I made," and everyone just turns around and goes, "Yeah, you are. You're terrible. Like this team, this guy's got to go." You know, it could be harmful. I suppose. Yeah, I think you can. Get around that by, it's easy. Just don't work at bad places. Right. Problem solved. Yeah. I think you can also head that off by not just saying, oh yeah, it was my fault and here's how dumb I am. Here's the stupid thing I did. Yeah. You also get to dive into like, here's here's what we'll do because of it. Like, here's how the system will get better and yeah, sort of like the solution, not just, oh, yep, the problem's my fault. Right. If you have a lot of bugs with data validation, maybe you need some kind of better validation framework or something like that. If you have yeah. consistency issues, then uh, you just go down to one single database node and don't have to worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> Easy. Just put more, shove more RAM in there. Right. I, I think if I were you, I would examine the the cause of your defensiveness. Have Have you worked at a place where it's been very blame-driven before? Mm -hmm. Is there someone specific you're worried about? Like this person will think I'm 
an idiot is yeah is there some toxic culture that you need to figure out how to how to uh point out your fault while also showing that you're still competent mm-hmm. i i think something to figure out this underlying cause of the reaction of why why you get so defensive when it uh seems like your system is at fault it might help besides all the wonderful benefits of like not doing that i think digging into why you do that as well as is a productive thing. Yeah, I agree. I've often heard people say, you are not your code. You are not your system. You are not your team. And when someone criticizes those things, it's not you. And I think I've felt that. You've probably felt that too, right, Jameson? That it is me? Yeah, like you're being, a, like this is a personal attack on you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but- I've, I've said that exact phrase to people of you're not your code. And also on the same team been like, how dare you say anything about my code? About me. <laughs> I mean my yeah, code. About about myself <laughs> that I put into this. Right. Yeah. That's my soul in that Git repository <laughs> that you just attacked. <laughs> um, the yeah, core of my being. It's like is easy, in that it's easier said than done, conditional right? Conditional logic. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, the core of your being is an if statement. That's I guess when you put it that way, it's like that's really dumb. <laughs> That's a dumb thing to think. <laughs> so, so how do you train your mind and probably your part of your subconscious mind to avoid being so deeply intertwined with yourself or to avoid, like you were just saying, like to avoid the fear or whatever it is. And I have an idea on how to do that so that you can not have this instinctual fear-based response, which is come up with a pattern of words that you can say in the moment so that you can override those feelings with the the conscious part of your brain that you know is right in this situation, which is that responding in an upset way and trying to pass the buck to someone else is counterproductive. So arm yourself with a pattern that you can follow instinctually and give yourself time to cool off and really get into it. And I think that pattern would be, say, thanks for pointing out this, you know, thanks for sharing this information. I'm going to look into this, you know, and that will buy you time so that you don't have to instinctually go, no, 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 nope, nope, could not be my system. It's got to be that team. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of, of defusing the the kind of knee-jerk answer. And that's what you need to do anyways, right? If someone says, I think there's a bug here, and you know the system, you, you probably are going to have to go verify it anyways. Yeah, so. like, and don't speculate. Well, that couldn't, I mean, how many times have I heard an engineer say, that couldn't possibly be? That's not possible. I was like, well, really? Watch these repro steps. Oh, look. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> All the time. You know, and, and get, out, get out of the habit of saying, of trying to determine what's likely or probable and just get into the habit of figuring out what is because it, it, that's also counterproductive. Well, I, I can't imagine it would be my system. Like, I'm not bad and dumb. Yeah. Then you've, you lack imagination. <laughs> yeah. Well... <laughs> Have we answered the question? I think so. Good luck. I just think you're well on your way to a successful outcome here because you've already identified it in yourself. And I think a lot of people who struggle with this don't realize they struggle with it. Yeah, I have no idea what my weaknesses are. I just think I'm awesome at everything. So uh, either I'm right or I have crippling (laughs) blind spots. I think in your case, you were right. Okay, good. All right. Shall I read our next question? Please do. I know you're right to suggest that I do because it's coming from you. (laughs) I I knew I was too. Okay. 
This comes from an anonymous listener who says, First of all, I have to say a big thank you to the work you've been developing. It's helping me a lot to set my expectations and pave my career path. So, on to the question. I'm currently working for a large Brazilian fintech company, and I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed by the lack of acknowledgement. I've already made it clear to my managers a couple of times, and I always receive great feedback and always performed, quote, above the expectations for my level. But in my last one-on-one we had, I was a little more insistent about it, and the explanation they gave me was, quote, we know that our developers are above average. We know that a junior developer here can easily get mid-level or even senior level in other companies, but we want to be a tech reference in the country, and we don't want to spoil the devs by promoting them a couple of times in the same year. I understand this ambition, but it got me a little bit frustrated. Of course, I don't want to be a mercenary nor a mediocre developer, but if this is the objective they're aiming, they should at least pay a competitive salary. This conversation really demotivated me. It seems to me they just want a highly specialized workforce for a cheap price. I really appreciate everything I'm able to learn inside this company. For sure, everyone is above average, and being there is like being in school, and it's been really cool. But I'm starting to question if this trade-off of low pay and high learning makes sense once you're already in the mid-level corporate world. I'm pretty sure I can double my salary in the next month if I wanted to. A couple of tech recruiters contacted me on LinkedIn, and I also made some interviews. But this tech reference and always learning thing keeps bothering me, and I wonder how much of it really makes a difference in the long run. Hmm. There's a lot here. So the, the their employer is telling them, no, stay here even though you're taking a hit in level or salary because your skills are growing so much and you get to work with such great people. Is that sort of it? Yeah. Yeah. Also... If we give you too much money in promotions, you'll get spoiled. Like, they literally use the word spoil. Yeah, you'll be all uppity. You wouldn't want to be spoiled, would you? That sounds awful. Think of how that money will canker your soul. Yeah. I saw Charlie in the Chocolate Factory recently. Isn't there a spoiled kid who dies in that one? There's a bunch of spoiled kids who die, right? Isn't that, like, how they all die? All the kids? Uh Uh-huh. And that's my moral compass is based on Charlie in the Chocolate (laughs) Factory, so. That was Roald Dahl, right? Yes. There might be better authors for Moral Compasses. Let's just say he wrote some really weird stuff. <laughs> oh, I don't know anything about that. It's just all weird ch- child stories that are just strange. Anyway, it's fine. So this conversation really demotivated me. Yeah, I can see why it'd be really demotivating to be told you're doing really great, but we can't promote you and pay you anymore. There, there's this one thing... In here about getting promoted multiple times in the same year, a couple times in the same year. That does seem a little weird, but maybe the promotion ladder is different at that company and the rungs are much closer together. It'd be really weird for someone to go from junior to mid-level to senior in the same year. Yeah. It's like, what did you do that year? Yeah. (laughs) But not impossible, I guess. Maybe you're an outlier. I I mean, I gotta tell you this feels like a pretty clear case of quit your job (laughs) (laughs) like yeah thanks thanks for all the growth you've given me and helping me qualify to earn a much higher salary at some other company yeah it sounds like uh, i mean sure (laughs) no company has a monopoly on talent there are different trade-offs you can make along the like life convenience work-life balance salary pace industry team size like there's all these axes that you can put a put a put a pin in at a specific pot, spot of the of the space that chooses like want as much money as possible maybe that means that i have bad work life balance and i don't know some frustrations at work or but but i don't think it seems unlikely that there's not a company that also has smart people because they pay them really well you know mhm 
Because right now you're only working with the smart people who don't want to get paid very much money. Yeah, exactly. It's a subset of the smart people. Yeah, smart in some ways. Maybe smart and aren't too motivated financially, which isn't the same thing as dumb. They could be uh, they could be hermits or wizards. Yeah, they could be removed from the material material world. <laughs> Enlightened, just not. Yeah, just not care about the things that money can buy. Everyone is above average. I mean, everywhere says that their employees are I above know. average. Though, yeah. let's be honest. Remember, <laughs> oh, never man. worked it. Remember Lake Wobegon? Yeah, where all the children all are the, above average. Yeah, isn't that? Right? I've never worked anywhere that hasn't talked internally about how awesome the employees are. These are the best um, engineers, like in the world. Yeah, and and while I'm there, I have this willful suspension of disbelief where I think everyone says that, but it's true here. Everyone else is wrong, but here they're right because I work here, and all my colleagues are smart and nice. But there are smart people everywhere. I think I think you're doing the right thing. I think you should look around a little bit and see if you can find another talented team that pays better. Yeah. That's kind of a thing you can do when you feel like you've hit a ceiling at your current place. Especially in this market today. Yeah. I mean, fintech is very hot. I don't know what it's like in Brazil. Fintech feels like the new like blockchain or AI or something, except that mm. it's a little bit more real in that every startup is now a fintech startup. Ah, uh, yes. But that just means there's money in it, I guess, so that's weird that they're not paying you very well yeah yeah that's weird they're like hey you know those billions of dollars that move through our company every day <laughs> could i just have like a f- like one one thousandth of one percent of that <laughs> it's a small price to pay yeah i suspect from what's written here that this company has been able to get away with low salaries specifically because they have a good reputation and people are willing to work there for low pay. And yeah. you probably have learned a bunch of really cool stuff. And typically when companies do this, I can only imagine that they they the end result is high turnover. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I, I could see it being hard to leave once you get in, though. I guess that's the situation you're in, too. Maybe it's worse somewhere yeah. else. Maybe. But, yeah, the good news about developing very valuable skills is other people will pay you a lot of money that's for right. skills. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if you learn a whole bunch and get really good at your job, then somewhere will pay you for that. That's right. So you're feeling pretty good about quit your job, huh? Yeah, this feels like a, this feels like a good use for the old reliable... Or at least interview around and yeah. find out how how firm their stance of we don't want to spoil you is. That's right. And you might be surprised but that when you show up with an offer, they go, oh, remember that everything we said about spoiling you and wanting to pay lower because we're a, a tech reference in the in the country? Yeah, well, never mind about all of that. Here's your, <laughs> we'll match that offer. <laughs> You've demonstrated through getting this offer for twice as much money that you have the growth and maturity yeah. <laughs> to handle this extra money we're going to offer you without letting it ruin you that's so, right that's right we think you passed the spoil wor- test <laughs> yeah we're not worried about it anymore so th- i'm latching onto one comment in here and that's all i'll say about this i don't want to be a mercenary i think that there is a widespread attitude among engineers certainly has been i don't know if it's still around but that wanting to earn more money is somehow bad and i don't think that's true it can make your life worse. You can get a worse job that pays you more money. For sure. But you're saying just the desire to be paid more money is not 
ungrateful to that's right or, or wrong or something that's yeah. right and i guarantee you your boss would leave if you know he or she got a really good offer as well you know so you know we're yeah. all we're all responding to these incentives but this whole mercenary concept i swear was invented by people who are trying to get a good bargain on labor yeah i mean i hear it come up a lot in the context of startups where they say we want missionaries not mercenaries it's right. people that believe in the mission of the team and yeah. are willing to take the the risk and and working conditions that a startup involves yeah i haven't heard too much of that recently honestly i think our industry is kind of growing out of that they're like oh we are mercenaries actually someone pays us and then we do a thing yeah (laughs) that's a lot like what mercenaries do a lot like it i mean we don't shoot guns at things but yeah metaphorical Uh, our keyboards are as loud as guns that's right (laughs) a mechanical keyboard sounds a lot like a wild switches have we answered the question? <laughs> I think so. I, I didn't hear a lot in this question about, I really want to stay. I love my team. I love the company. I don't want to leave. I'm just hearing, I'm frustrated. I don't like what the company is telling me. And there's a better opportunities outside. Seems like a pretty clear cut case. Yeah. What should people do if they want us to maybe tell them quit their job or maybe not? <laughs> Go to softskills.audio and click ask a question where you can fill out our form. And we want to say thank you so much to everyone who's done that. There are lots of questions, and we have our entire lives ahead of us, so keep them coming. Yep, please do. Thank you. Catch you next week.